Hello and welcome to Family Renewal. I'm Israel Wayne, your host. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as we take a look at faith, family, and culture, all through the lenses of a biblical worldview. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hello, welcome to another edition of the Family Renewal Podcast. I'm Israel Wayne, and I am excited because today I have a friend of mine who I consider to be homeschool royalty, and I'm going to give a long-winded introduction to Zan Tyler that will probably make her really uncomfortable and embarrassed, but it would be almost be easier for me to try to list things that Zan hasn't done in the homeschooling movement than to try to list everything she has. But she is the uh, former founder and president of SCAES, which is a South Carolina homeschool uh, state organization. She has done work for uh, Christianity Today. Uh, no, no, sorry, Christian, not Christianity Today, Christianity.com. That's right. Uh, the magazine is a different thing altogether, but Christianity.com uh, as executive education editor. I used to do some for them back in the day when she was working there. And then uh, she went from there over to Crosswalk and handled a lot of content for them, particularly on the education side, was the senior education editor at Crosswalk. Then she went to acquisitions editor at B&H Publishing, otherwise known as Broadman and Holman, uh, which is connected with the Southern Baptist Convention. And at the time, they were doing a lot of publishing in the homeschool world. And so she was helping them to find great authors and get great books published. And they, they really did come out with some amazing books from people like um, Chris Klicka and Michael Ferris. And of course, Zan, um, her book, The uh, Seven Tools for Cultivating Your Child's Potential, I think was originally published through. That's Zane. right. And... Um, I want to. I'm going to start making stuff up here, so <laughs> correct me whenever I go. I get it wrong, but uh, but I think uh, it seems like Rick Boy, Rick and Boyer maybe had a book that was published through them, and can't remember uh, everybody, but there was quite a few uh, authors that were published through them at the time. And then she served as the national grassroots director for ParentalRights.org. Uh, this is not all necessarily in sequence, but um, and then for twice. And then for 12 years, uh, worked with Apologia, and you would know uh, about her speaking as a conference speaker for them, and she was a director of language arts, Bible, history, and press for, for them for a long time, helping to create a lot of great content through our friends there at Apologia. We uh, you know, like much of what they do, and really has been featured in so many different publications and uh, been published in Homeschool Court Report. She has been featured on the Today Show with Katie Couric, uh, has won a ton of accolades, including the Robert Dreyfus Courageous Christian Leadership Award in 2015, won the uh, Chris Klicka Award from HSLDA. She has done consulting for HSLDA and Homeschool Foundation, has been a voice for Homeschool Foundation, I believe, representing them in South Carolina. Um, won the uh, South Carolina Homemaker of the Year Award that was presented by Phyllis Schlafly and Eagle Forum. And then uh, won the Order of the Palmetto, which is the highest award that can be given 
uh, to any South Carolina resident or citizen uh, by the governor, David Beasley, and married a uh, perfect husband named Joe Tyler, and has had three perfect children, <laughs> and, uh, totally. and has a PhD from Harvard. And that's <laughs> only... <laughs> Well, I made up that last one, but it has, it has more accolades than what I could. We'd spend the entire half hour here just talking about everything that Zan has done. Uh, but before you were all of that, you know, oh, and, and we're going to talk about what you're doing now with uh, BJU. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay, great. But, but before all of that, at a point, um, you probably would have described yourself as a mom, right? That probably would have been uh, the, the thing. And that's kind of in some ways the thing that's led to a whole bunch of this stuff that you've done professionally. It started out of you being a mom, right? That's exactly right. Who knows where that can lead? You got to watch this, people. <laughs> <laughs> you want to think this through because you don't want to get into and start this path, this mom path. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, people don't know this, but Zan was actually influential in helping to legalize homeschooling in South Carolina. And that was not your goal and intent. You didn't set out with, hey, let's let's legalize homeschooling in South Carolina and, and help start a national movement to that. Uh, how did this whole homeschool journey start for you? Well, you know, it's interesting, Israel. I'm going to take you back to my junior year in college. Mm -hmm. And I used to say there were two things I would never do in life. One was teach and the other was have kids. Wow. And so um, God has a sense of humor. Yes. And I'm so glad. I was planning to go to law school. That was, Joe was, my husband was my best friend. He was a serious believer. I was a serious believer. Um, but I had never even considered what Christ might have for me in terms of a home and a family. Mm. And uh, so uh, in my junior year of college, Joe proposed, which ruined all of my life plans. He was my best friend. I didn't speak to him for six weeks, uh, but I, I, somebody gave me Elizabeth Elliott's book, Let Me Be a Woman. Mm. And she had just written it. I took that book and my Bible up, um, mm. up on a mountain. I was at Furman University. Somebody, a friend of mine had a mountain house and spent several days just praying and seeking the Lord. And he just made it clear to me that he was calling me to be a wife and a mother. Yeah. Um, and so we got married right after I finished college. Um, nine months later, we had our first child. We had our second child right, right at our third anniversary. And so the Lord just blessed. But I will tell you, the first time I ever heard the word homeschool, it was from a friend of mine who was getting ready to go on the mission field. And she was about maybe eight or 10 years older than me and had taught in public school. She said, Zan, I am going to homeschool my son, Nat, when it comes time. And she handed me this book by Dr. Moore, mm -hmm. um, Raymond Moore and homegrown kids. And I had that same feeling I had when somebody handed me the book, let me be a mother. I thought, Oh, this is going to change my life. And I am taking the offensive with God right now. This is 1984. I cannot homeschool. Nobody normal homeschools. We didn't know anybody in the world who homeschooled. And so I, I, I spent about two months telling the Lord all the reasons I could never homeschool. Hmm. And then sure enough, I started reading that book. I was like the Holy spirit just gets hold of you. And I thought, oh, this is the answer for my son's dilemma. Of course, if I'd been homeschooling for years when I had time, I would have just known he wasn't ready to read when he was six but or five. But it was a big deal when he was in kindergarten and he wasn't reading. Don't ask me why it was a big deal. 
So I had him tested. They said, hold him back. There was just a discrepancy between his, his verbal IQ was off the chart and his nonverbal IQ was not. So they said, just hold him back. Let the hemispheres of his brain start working together. And then I started reading this book by Dr. Moore. And I can remember, I used to take an hour in the mornings when my husband, Joe, traveled a lot. But when he was home, I would get out and walk for an hour and listen to the Bible on tape, you know, just be thankful for your iPhones. And it, that was my time just to be with the Lord. And I just remember him was like my sheep hear my voice, him saying, Van, I want you to homeschool. And me saying, no, God, I'm sorry, I cannot do this. So I ran inside. This is probably way more information than you wanted to know. Oh, I'm, I'm uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I ran. I ran home, got the kids dressed, went to the public school, um, and showed them my testing. I want to hold my son back a year. No problem, Miss Tyler. This is these are great. This is a, a, a reputable tester. Um, no problem. So I thought, oh, I'm so relieved. What was I thinking? Until a month later, when all the kids in the school, in our neighborhood got their kindergarten packet, but me. And I called the principal and he said, I'm sorry, Miss Tyler, you can't homeschool. You can't put your six-year-old in my five-year-old, in my five-year kindergarten program. I put him in first grade. So that wouldn't work. Private schools were filled at this time. Um, you know, there was no other alternative but to homeschool. So I called my old high school principal, who is now the associate superintendent uh, at my school district. And ours had been a new high school. And I'd won several awards for the high school, so he loved me. I stayed my senior year just to work with the administration, and um, we were really close. I used to babysit his kids, and he and I said, I, I, I just need a note to hold Ty back a year. I told him everything that had happened, and he said, well, Zan, I can't do that. And I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to homeschool then. And I knew the minute I said that, he was like, okay. And he said, well, the school district has gotten real lenient with that kind of thing. Well, after I hired an attorney, because the State Department of Education and my local school district, none of them would even tell me what the homeschool law was. This is 1984. There are no state organizations, no HSLDA, no LexisNexis. I mean, no internet. Um, there was no place to find any information. So we hired an attorney and he just gave me my options. And he said, there has been one person that was us that was allowed to homeschool in your district during this entire history. And she was a certified teacher. Mm -hmm. I had been an economics major. So that was no good. Um, so we applied, I hired the attorney. We filled out an application that was about this thick. I mean, they needed fire escape plans, the number of books in my house, letters of recommendation, my 36-week syllabus. And, uh, and this was for K-5. Wow. Um, so it was ridiculous. And I tell that story because I want people to appreciate their freedom. And I want them to understand how fragile freedom can be. Mm -hmm. I also tell this story for coronavirus moms who end up in a place, in a destination they swore they would never go to, That's which right. is homeschooling. That's right. And uh, so it's really my story. So the school board turned us down. Um, even though I had followed the law meticulously, I have to call my attorney again and ask him what to do. And he said, well, you've got to appeal to the State Board of Education. However, they're going to turn you down. They're going to rubber stamp what the school district did, and you'll end up in family court. 
And I'm saying, Lord, this is why I told you I was not going to homeschool. And so um, right about a week before my hearing, I had this sort of epiphany. And I remembered that the state superintendent of education was a friend of my mother's. Now, Joe and I were extremely close to both sets of parents. One lived a half a mile from us. The other lived three miles from us. We had not mentioned a word that we were going to homeschool. Joe said, you know, you're going to have to tell them sometime. I said, yep. When they realize the kids aren't in school, they can ask me what's happening. <laughs> it's, it's easier to get forgiveness than permission, right? Yes, I was not. I thought, how am I going to defend something that I know nothing about? That's right. Really, you know? That's amazing. So I called the, um, the superintendent, Dr. Williams, and I said, Dr. Williams, this is Zan Tyler, Sybil Peters' daughter. Can I come see you? I have a problem. He said, oh, I'll clear my calendar, honey. Come on up. So I went up right then and just explained that I loved my son. I wanted what was best for him. I knew he is, I mean, he's very, very smart. He just wasn't ready for first grade this year. And I told him the whole story. And he said, he looked at me and um, I, I expected him to say, oh gosh, Sam, you've exhausted your, your um, administrative options. You've done a good job. And instead, he looks at me and he said, well, you know, Zan, if you continue down this path of homeschooling, I can have you put in jail for truancy. Wow. And it just took my breath away. Mm. Took my breath away. And I heard, this was like one of these out-of-body experiences. I heard somebody in the room say, well, Dr. Williams, you'll just have to put me in jail then. It was me, but I, <laughs> I didn't recognize it at the time. I kept, <laughs> where is that voice coming from? And so I got up and left. My hearing was the next week. I thought, I, I've got to go tell my parents because if he's going to put me in jail, it's not going to say Zan, you know, peon, stay at home. Mom, Zan Tyler goes to jail. It's going to say John Peter's daughter goes to jail. And dad was just really active in the community. He was chairman of the board of the Baptist hospital system at the time. I mean, he was very involved. So I went and I told my parents and by this time, I'm hysterical. I held it together until I got in their house. And my mother had been a public school teacher. I walk in. I say, Mom and Dad, I'm homeschooling Ty. Um, Mom, here's the little bit of research I have, which is a pamphlet. Dad, who was an attorney by, by training, but not by practice anymore. And I said, Dad, here are all my legal briefs. And I've been threatened with jail on Wednesday or Tuesday. And uh, I just wanted to let you know before they actually put the handcuffs on me and took me. And I leave. My poor parents, can you imagine how they felt? I mean, there's no research to give them. There's no, you couldn't say, look at the 5,000 kids that, yeah. I mean, there's just nowhere to point them. There's no Dr. Brian Ray with the. Yes, with all the statistics and the yeah. college admissions counselors who are beating these kids' doors down. Yeah. And um, so I just went home and just fell to pieces crying and praying and everything else. So um, my dad called me the day after. It, well, he didn't know anything about homeschooling, but he was furious that I had been treated that way mm. in the first place. Mm. And then he also um, had spoken with Nancy Thurman, who was Senator Thurman's wife, at a hospital function. Well, I had worked for the senator when I was in high school. I'd been governor of Girl State, and I really loved politics and thought I would have a career in politics. And so when I let my dream of law school go, I also thought 
my dream of being politically involved was gone too. But um, so I had um, spoken and done commercials and all during the 1972 campaign, which was the first year of the 18 year old vote. And I was 18. Um, and so Senator Thurman's staff said, I've looked, you know, looked at Zan's application. I've looked at the record. She's legal. I'm going to fax a letter to the state superintendent of education. Well, the next day the senator's office called and said the senator's flying down to meet with the state superintendent on, wow. on Zan's behalf. Wow. So he flew down, walked into Dr. Williams' office and said, Charlie, I've looked into her program. It's legal. You need to get off her back. So then my phone starts ringing, State Department of Education. Oh, Ms. Tyler, how are you today? Come on down. We're going to help you get ready for this hearing. And, you know, there, <coughs> excuse me, there'll be no problems. We'd just like to meet you and your husband. Well, anyway, be that as it may, I was thrilled not to be facing jail. So that was the way we began homeschooling. The first year, I will tell you, all of the trappings of homeschooling, were horrible. We had neighbors who would no longer speak to us or let their kids play with our kids. Um, people at church wouldn't speak to us. It just was, it was just horrible. And I'm a, I'm this extrovert, this extreme extrovert who loves people and, you know, really wanted to please people. And I just, I felt like I was in exile in my own home, not to be overly melodramatic, but that's just how it felt to me. Um, and so we, um, but what was happening in our home was amazing. It was so interesting because I'd been a stay-at-home mother. The kids had been in preschool and kindergarten, both half days. And something, it's just magical what happened in our home during that first year of homeschooling. Ty's confidence came back. His gregarious nature came back. He had started with psychosomatic headaches and all kinds of and stomach aches and kindergarten what with all that stress going on about reading and I began to understand their spiritual giftings I mean it was just mm. I, I was just blown away I was totally blown away and so the second year we you know we had to decide where to put the kids in school because we had said we were just getting tired ready for first grade and I looked at Joan and I said honey I think the Lord is calling us to homeschool another year Mm -hmm. and and he said, I was afraid of that. Right. <laughs> you can see Joe. Yes. So now, of course, he's the most avid supporter of homeschooling there is, but then he told me, he told me the first year, he said, well, Zan, I know how much you love the Lord, and I know how much you love your the kids, and besides, how much can you mess up a kid in five-year-old kindergarten? <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for that, Joe. But <laughs> Not the greatest vote of confidence, but it is true. <laughs> but yeah, but first grade, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, um, so we homeschooled that year, and that was when all the political and the legal stuff really started. Was in 1985. I had a knock at my door around 11 o'clock. It was kind of like that midnight knock that missionaries get, and I mm -hmm. thought, Oh Lord, who is at my door? I almost didn't want to answer it. I was had been waiting for the other shoe to drop anyway because we were approved fairly easily that year and um it was a neighbor of mine who uh ran a state agency and he said zan you know we we hate your homeschooling but we love you and your family mm -hmm. and do you know what the state register is and i said nope and he said well this is it's an, a book where that representatives for agencies and legislators and interested parties 
can write out regulations for state agencies. And if they just sit there for 90 days, these promulgated regulations just become law. The, the legislature doesn't even have to act on them. That's amazing. And he said there's one here for homeschooling that would require homeschooling parents to have a four-year degree from a college, you know, from college, um, accredited, which would let out uh, Harvard and Bob Jones. And, um, and, and then you had to use only state-approved text. Wow. So, so wow. that was when I got involved with lobbying and trying to um, begin to connect. We didn't know we were developing a grassroots movement or, or just a part of that. Not like we developed this movement, but, but that was when all of that started. And um, so for eight years, we were either in court or the legislature as a family trying to solve, as they called it, the homeschool problem. So. Well, your name came up in conversation this very morning. I was talking earlier today in an interview with Michael Ferris, and he told me, and you've heard him say this before, but he told me about how he was working uh, with the legislature in South Carolina, and he mentioned homeschooling, and the legislator said something about, you know, I don't think about homeschooling, but when I hear the word, he said, I think of Joe and Zan Tyler. And Mike was saying to me that you know times have changed since those early days in 1984 and 85 when homeschooling was illegal in some states and people were being threatened with jail and all that. He said he feels like one of the main ways that people can protect their home's freedoms today is by being good neighbors, raising their children well, and being vocal about the fact that they homeschool. So unlike when I was being homeschooled or when your family was starting to homeschool, uh, when we would, you know, keep the curtains closed in the daytime and don't go out school outside during school hours. And uh, when we would see a school bus, we would duck, that kind of thing. Um, you know, really what we need to do now is, uh, is, is not to be careless, but to, to let people know that we are family that homeschools and to, to love and serve. And he was just using you as an example of someone who had modeled that um, even back in the day. And, and the, the legislature... Uh, was impacted by the fact that they knew you and that you represented homeschooling well. And so it was a great charge, I think, to, uh, to all of us. And uh, one thing that I would like to encourage some of the younger parents, and particularly the homeschooling moms who are the podcast today, to consider is, you know, I, I often find that homeschooling moms tell me that they wish they had a mentor they wish they had someone who has been down the trail, has been down the path, who has the life experience that they could go to and that they could draw from that person's wisdom. But they feel like so many times people are busy, uh, they don't have time and so forth. And what I'd like to throw out there as a suggestion to the listeners is that Zan has really uh, been able to put a lot of her wisdom into the workshops that she gives at conferences uh, into the book that she's written and the, the resources that she's made available. And there really is a tremendous amount of mentoring that you can receive by simply finding her audio downloads and listening to them by reading her book. Uh, you will be getting uh, an invaluable type of education yourself on just the template of how to think about your child and how to believe in your child and how to unlock their potential and how to be able to endure uh, in the midst of the hard times. I don't know uh, of hardly anyone in the homeschooling movement that 
is a bigger encourager and a better mentor for homeschooling moms than Zan, which is part of why I wanted to have her on the show. And, and if you're not familiar with her, to introduce her to you. And uh, one great place to start with that is if you go to her website, which is zantyler.com, you can download a few sample chapters of her book. It'll give you a bit of a flavor of her teaching. And uh, she, she then will uh, be able to send you her emails, uh, her newsletter, and so forth, and be able to keep in touch with you. Uh, but Zan, what are some other ways that people can get in touch with you as an author? And again, we want to come back and talk about BJU in it, but as an author, as a conference speaker, uh, obviously the website, but you use social media as well, right? Well, I do some Facebook. So this is like true confessions. I have been terrible with social media. I've just been so busy. And then the last seven years of my life, while I was working um, for a Christian publisher, I was also caring for my dad. And so it just, you know, I, so I've really done a crummy job is what I'm saying. But I'm trying like to do podcasting, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remedy my ways here. Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to do better. So we have the website. I'm doing some some Facebook on my speaker author page, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I am doing a lot of speaking. So I'm trying to make my website a repository. There's my um, podcast there with Heidi St. John, where you know we talk about some legal issues and some other some other videos. So, Excellent. but this is this is really a reminder to me that I need to do better. And thank you so much for those very kind, gracious words. Uh, Well, I think people will find that you have a tremendous amount to offer uh, to the homeschooling community and not just homeschooling, Christian schools, um, women's groups. um, You and Joe, I know, have even talked on marriage. Joe has some great messages for dads. He's a great speaker for dads. So if, if there's a homeschool group, a conference in particular, a church, that wants to have you come and speak. I know they can get in touch with you through your website, Zan Tyler. That's Z-A-N, Tyler.com. And then let's talk about what you're doing now. Um, We had a chance to, uh, myself and some other homeschool leaders uh, earlier this year before the COVID lockdown, had a chance to go down to Greenville, South Carolina and uh, see some of the work that you are doing with Homeworks by Precept and BJU Press. Tell us a little bit about your involvement there and and what's, uh, what's happening there. Well, I was so excited um, after I left Apologia. It was the week before the uh, National Homeschool Leadership Conference that we all go to that HSLDA sponsors. And I ran into Sharon Fisher, who has been with Homeworks by Precept and BJU Press for many years. And I told her that I was no I was out of work and wasn't ready to leave the homeschooling community yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really my heart and my passion. Right. And so it just worked out that week. I met uh, Mike Knott, who is the director of Homeworks by Precept for the homeschool division. And it just, they needed someone to help them connect more with the homeschooling community heart to heart. They wanted to really start a new um, age of investing in the homeschooling community, not just selling to. And I had used BJU Press as a young homeschool mom, and I had also been on our church Christian school um, board, and we had made the switch from one curriculum to BJU Press after I'd had a chance to study the curriculum and its worldview and 
So, so I had been a longtime user of BJU Press, and I had been to the help conferences that they did in the 90s. A lot of your listeners won't be, or viewers won't be familiar with that, but they did some of the early conferences, and the whole conference, they, they might have three or 4,000 people there if you count kids, and they pulled in all their professors to do children's programs and then had keynote speakers and workshops during the daytime and at evening. So, so I've got a long history of having worked with them. And so I, I just, you know, it's interesting, Israel, but it was like the first half of my homeschool career was freedom fighting. It was being involved in the legislature, starting a homeschooling organization, um, which by the way, I'll just mention this about SCAES. It was the first time in the country that a state general assembly had given a private sector organization the same power as local school boards in monitoring and approving mm. homeschool programs. Mm. So um, Mike and I had worked a lot together on that. And, you know, he just, he just, I remember him saying, this is the important, this, this is the advancement of the important legal principle of self-government. Mm. So, you know, so I felt like I had poured myself into that while, and my family had for the first 16, 17 years we homeschooled. And, and the last half of my homeschool career has really been, in Christian publishing, because I know the need for infrastructure. Uh, we've got support groups and state organizations, but I felt I've always felt like I wanted there to be plenty of resources for Christian parents to use that had a biblical worldview that were sustainable to use. And so that's been my heart and my passion the last half of my homeschooling career. And uh, and so when I when I teamed up with BJU Press, it was sort of historical for me because they had been there for me in my early years as a homeschooling mom. But they've also, I, I mean, over the years, they've even gotten a stronger biblical worldview yeah. message as they consider the biblical worldview shaping in math and how math, I mean, it's important how we teach math and how math can have a biblical worldview and yeah. science and all these other things. So for me, it was just, it's just been a real natural blend. And so I've been able, we've, um, uh, Homeworks by Precept, along with BJU Press, we've sponsored many state leadership conferences, wanting to invest in state leaders and in state organizations. Uh, BJU Press, I think, is probably one of the most, um, they, they uh, are at all the conferences, did over 100 conferences last year. Many times they've got eight to 10 booths. So they've really supported conferences. And so it's just, it's where my heart is. And to be able to join with the company and that be their heart, it's just been, it's just been fabulous. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know how long you and I have known each other, if it's 15 years or 20, I don't know for sure. It goes back a while. Uh, but I know that you've had a long-term commitment to promoting a biblical worldview. And uh, BJU Press has made a relatively new commitment to revise their curriculum and update it every five years. Mm -hmm. And they've made massive revisions to the curriculum to make sure that it's not merely Christian, but that it really actively applies a biblical philosophy of education in every subject at every grade level. And so uh, I've been really impressed with what I've seen with the new revisions of their curriculum and the mentoring that they offer uh, with their curriculum, I think is a great addition as well. There's just a lot more uh, handholding that they provide for families who 
want to use their curriculum. And uh, I think bringing you on as part of their team to be able to provide the homeschool perspective is really vital because obviously they sell to a lot of Christian schools and there's right. the classroom That's dynamic, right. but the homeschool dynamic is different than the classroom dynamic. And no one understands that better than you. So having you as part of their team, I think helps to be able to ensure that they can integrate as effectively as possible with the homeschooling community. And uh, you know, not to interrupt you, but I don't want to lose this thought because <laughs> this was, you know, it's not like I pride myself on knowing what's going on in the homeschooling community, but I just know what's going on in the homeschooling community because this, <laughs> you know, this is where I've lived my adult life. Right, right. Um, but I, the one thing that shocked me was I had no idea that there were over 200 local consultants mm-hmm. that work for Homeworks by Precept. And these moms are like support group leaders. I mean, they pray with the people you know, they, they pray with the parents who are interested in the curriculum, but they're praying over, can my kid get into college? What about sports? What about music? Um, I've got a child with a bad attitude. These consultants are really acting like support group leaders in that regard and really shepherding and mentoring the women that they're working with. They can always give them the best price on the curriculum, which is important because you know how it's homeschooling families. We That's right. pennies and corners and all of that and so that has to me that's been the greatest the most wonderful surprise and I keep telling Mike this is the best kept secret in the homeschool world and uh, but it, it is that whole new level with the curriculum of providing the mentoring for moms well I'm excited that you're still involved in homeschooling leadership uh, we all in the homeschool community in the leadership side of it uh, benefit greatly from your continued participation. You and Joe are bright spots uh, in the homeschooling world. And I, I think a lot of um, the, the homeschooling parents have probably benefited from your work far more than what they realize, uh, just through the resources that they've been able to access that have helped them um, that maybe they didn't even know that you were involved in. So in the future, I would like to have you back on the podcast and maybe we can discuss some issues, answer some questions. And uh, I think you'd be a great resource for uh, providing some, uh, some mommy help, if you will, in particular for the discouraged mom. I know, again, a lot of your workshops deal with that, dealing with burnout and some of that. So maybe we can come back and do a, a more topically oriented uh, message in the future. But for now, I just wanted to give people the opportunity to get to know you a little bit, to check out your website, to plug into your resources. And I know and am confident that they will be encouraged and will be equipped for the task by doing so. So thank you, Zan, for making time out of your day to uh, be on the show. And I look forward to when we can get to talk again. And also when we all get out of this lockdown somewhere in the future and can... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with our friends and, and the families that we love seeing out at the actual physical events. So, yeah. Boy, haven't maybe, you missed that? Oh, gosh. Yeah, and, and maybe by the time this airs, because you know, these are pre-recorded, maybe by the time it airs, we'll even be out of it. I don't know. But, uh, but, but we, we deeply appreciate you. So thank you again, Zan. Well, thank you, Israel. And thank you for the ministry you not only had with so many moms, but with me. There are just many times 
I've been, I can think of twice. I was just really discouraged and your message and just your, uh, your kindness, the, the way you're just so kind really gave grace to my soul. I just want to thank you for that. Uh, well, thank you. Give our love to Joe and uh, to tell him we look forward to seeing him again. And like I said, we'll look forward to having you on again in the future. Okay. Thank you so much, Israel. All right, God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this audio presentation. For more information on Family Renewal, the writing and speaking ministry of Brooke and Israel Wayne, please visit FamilyRenewal.org.